She's an orphan. One brother. Estate encumbered. She hasn't a groat by way of dowry, but she brings Lord Edmund's patronage. And she's cousin to the Earl of Devon. Do you understand? Yes, father, Robert said automatically. Though he didn't, quite. Think, boy. Think, Morland prompted him. The girl's got family and patronage. I've got money. It's a fair exchange, isn't it? Lord Edmund's trying to raise money for the wars, and he wants to keep on the good side of me. And I... well, I've got plans. Robert understood. It was the way of the world he lived in. Edward Morland had made a lot of money during the wars under King Harry V, as had so many people who followed the young king into battle. He'd bought up land and stocked the land with sheep, and he was now one of the biggest sheep farmers in Yorkshire, and one of the richest. And on the throne was a boy king, while the kingdom was ruled by his uncles, my lord of Bedford, and the good Duke Humphrey. And amongst the powerful men who helped to rule was the great Beaufort family, also kin to the king. To them had fallen the task of carrying on the war they had inherited from the former king. Not a profitable war any more, but a very expensive one. These great men needed money. Morland had money. It was the Earl of Somerset himself who suggested to his brother Edmund that his young ward would make a suitable wife for Morland's son. The marriage would ally Morland to one of the great families of the land— and would give him the right to the protection and patronage of the Beaufort family, the Good Lordship, as it was called. On the other side, it would hitch Morland and his gold firmly to the Beaufort wagon, give them the right to his money and service whenever they needed it. That's how bargains were made. That was what marriage was for, as both Robert and the unknown Eleanor Courtney had been aware since early childhood. Aye... I've got plans, Morland went on. He banged his wooden cup on the table, and at the signal, one of the kitchen boys who did duty as page ran to fill it again with ale. I'm a rich man. I've got land, sheep and gold, and I've one son, just one son. What do you think I want for that son, eh, boy? Do you think I want to see him, a rough country farmer like me? Do you think that's what your mother... God rest her soul. He crossed himself piously, and Robert followed suit automatically. What your mother wanted? No, lad, no, Robert. It's too late for me. But before I die, I'll see you a gentleman. A gentleman, Robert said. His father cuffed the side of his head, but gently. Stop repeating everything I say. Yes, a gentleman. Why do you think I've chosen this girl for you, instead of a rich farmer's daughter to bring me more land? Because this girl will bring you family. He mused for a moment, and then said with unwanted gentleness, Aye, maybe it was for the best it was you who lived. You can read and write and play music. Edward couldn't. Mayhap you'll make a better gentleman than he would. Your sons will be gentlemen born. Too late for me. You can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. Your mother did right to teach you to read. 
Well, lots of gentlemen can't read, father, and lots of yeomen can. Well, well, Morland said impatiently. He didn't like to be comforted by his own son. Anyway, this girl can read, so I'm told. She'll have a lot to talk about, eh? But never forget where your wealth came from. Robert knew what was coming next. His father would quote the little rhyming tag dear to the heart of all sheepmen. Ah, thank ye God, and ever shall. It is the sheep has paid for all. Yes, father, Robert said dutifully. There was a frost in the night, first sign of the declining year, and Robert shivered as he was woken in the dark by William the butler. Robert's little truckle bed was under the window, and the shutters were not tight and let in a dribble of cold air. His father slept in the big bed, and that had curtains that drew right round it.